We talked about um, being world record holder and not being selected for uh, the World Short Course Championships, and no one from USA Swimming has contacted him at all. Uh, so right now, he we talked about being a pro athlete and what that means, what that looks like, going from college to pro. We talked about swimming in the ISL and competing for the best team in the world um, in the Cali Condors. We talked about swimming at NC State and the development that Braden has um, put him through. Uh, the development, we talked about underwater dolphin kick, how to do it safely, kind of like what we did with Tom Shields, very much the same type of conversation. Um, we talked about the reasons why he feels like he's progressed so rapidly in the past five years. And he named two specific things, he said that he um, never questions anything the coaching staff asked him to do. He he does it 100%, and he's all in. He buys he, he he's bought all in basically. He's just like I'm all in, and uh, and he does it with a smile on his face. He he feels feels like his best training is done when he's happy, so um, he's happy to do whatever it takes to be the best. And um, those are basically the things we talked about. Before we get started, I want to talk about sponsors that help make this show possible. I've partnered with swimming companies that can serve our international audience. Swim Angelfish. Receive the tools and skills needed to teach swimmers with autism, physical disabilities, anxiety, sensory and motor conditions with Swim Angelfish. Go to swimangelfish.com. Nate's come out with another awesome tool for the swimming community. It's called Swim Nerd Live, and it allows the data and times from your actual scoreboard to be broadcast and viewed in real time on any smart TV, phone, or other device. It has all the information you're looking for, event, heat, lane, name of swimmer, times and places. One click on any device and they're watching your swim meet live in real time. Go to swimpractice.com to learn more. The Magic Five, custom fitted goggles that are tailor-made for your exact face. You shouldn't feel like you're wearing any goggles. Use code BRETTHAWK20 at checkout to receive 20% off. Superior swim timing. Run a swim meet with ease from your laptop. SST is fully compatible with high-tech, Team Unify, as well as Colorado, Dactronics, and Amiga touchpads. SuperiorSwimTiming.com Destro Swim Towers. Gain strength in the water with a tower of power. Save $150 per double swim tower by using code BRETT, B-R-E-T-T, at checkout. DestroMachines.com All right, Coleman Stewart, welcome to the podcast, mate. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, like I said uh, a second ago, man, it's overdue. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. And um, congratulations on all the fast swimming lately. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Now, where where are you? Are you, uh, you back home training right now? Yep. Yep. Back home in Raleigh, training at NC State. 
Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Now listen, um, let's, let's just talk about your last few weeks, previous few weeks. I mean, uh, obviously just came out recently and broke the world record short course, hundred meter backstroke. Um, fantastic effort. How did that all come about for you? Um, <clears throat> not really sure, honestly. Uh, <laughs> like we, after, uh, trials, we just started training kind of almost half-assed like that first couple of weeks was just kind of like trying to get back into it not really busting our butts but then kind of like three weeks out our the coach who's coaching us um because Braden was on vacation so we had a one of our coaches Carl Wigley was coaching us and he was like all right we should probably start training kind of hard so that's what we did and yeah I mean our main goal was to just like head into ISL in better shape than most people. Cause we figured like a lot of Olympians weren't going to be in their best shape. So if we can just go in in good shape, we'd be able to make a lot of money. And um, yeah, I think I achieved that and went in in pretty good shape. And then, yeah, the rest just kind of happened. Yeah. And the world of swimming is certainly changing and evolving for the better. I still don't know if swimmers have caught up to the changes yet. And, and you're a prime example of somebody that's figuring it out, which I think is outstanding. And I think it's kind of the trend that needs to happen. Um, obviously, you come off kind of a disappointment of not making the Olympic team. You came very close. I think you were, what, eighth in the 100 free. Mm -hmm. So a couple of spots off the relay. Um, fourth in the 100 fly. You know, a couple of spots off making the individual. So super close. But but then you come back, pretty quick turnaround and and break a world record. Granted, short course meters, so it's a little bit different, but there seems to be a professional mentality of like, okay, you know, I, I hit that, didn't get what I wanted there, but I'm still a professional athlete. There's still money to be made. I'm still swimming for one of the best teams on the planet and the Cali Condors. So, I mean, to me, it seems like you have figured out a professional mindset. Am I wrong in that? Um, no, I don't think you're wrong. And a lot of it kind of has come from Braden, like, you know, at, on NC State, we're all about team and everything. And I was a little bit worried about when I turned pro, like, I wouldn't really have that aspect. Um, I mean, obviously, ISL, we have that team, team bonding and everything. But, um, you know, I mean, honestly, it's, it's not something that I can compare to swimming at NC State. So I was a little bit worried. But Braden kind of has helped me shift my focus into like, I'm still swimming for NC state because I'm still like, an, you know, I'm an alum and, and I'm still training there and everything. So everything I do does reflect on NC state, but mm. ultimately it's just about like, I, this is about swimming for me now and, and swimming for, you know, my livelihood and, and making sure that, you know, I can keep a roof over me and my fiance's head. So it's kind of like, yeah, like I, I think we've been able to kind of change our mindset from, okay, let's just focus on swimming fast for the team to kind of like, you know, shift it towards that. You know, this is, you need to do this to keep living. <laughs> yeah. And it's an important shift and, and it happens to all professional athletes at some point uh, and swimmers, especially. And, and I guess the, the tough thing for us is that we don't have professional um, satellite programs, you know, like we, you're still at NC state guys are still at Cal. Other guys are still at Texas, you know, uh, people are having to train in college environments. So we haven't progressed where we've figured out yet 
how we can sustain a professional environment for just professional athletes. Um, so it's it's great that you have a coach like Braden who's willing to keep you in the program and ask you to um, you know be part of it and then also shift your mentality and help you work with that. Uh, what are the other aspects of for you being a professional athlete? What have you figured out that you know you've got this college mentality and then you've you've made the shift into the pros? Is there anything else you've had to kind of figure out along the way? Um, not really. I mean, it's been pretty much the same. Like the one good thing about college swimming and pro swimming is you just have to train as hard as you can pretty much all the time. Um, the big difference is professional swimming. You know, our, our big goal is obviously Olympics, which is only every four years. And we're training to swim pretty much nine events over nine days versus when you're training in the NCAA you're training to swim like 11, 12 times over three and a half days. So mm. the training honestly is like just so much different. It's more intense, but just not as much volume. So that kind of mental aspect I've been able to tweak, like I don't have to work. It's like a different type of working hard, but I think I've been able to change my, my mentality around that. What about in terms of, you know, having a team around you and then having to wake up for yourself um, in, in terms of a mentality shift, what kind of, what kind of adjustments have you, have you needed to make? You know, when the alarm goes off now, it's like, you kind of got a choice in a way, you know, I'm sure Braden's still holding you accountable to being there for sure, but oh, yeah. <laughs> there's not that looming team hanging over your head. Like I've got to go because everybody's depending on me now. So there's certainly a shift in the mentality of, you know, even even going to the gym and the type of effort you give in the gym or the type of effort you give in the pool, things like that, right? Yeah. And honestly, it's kind of a little bit easier because in college, you know, you're on a, a team, you're a, a spot on a roster. And, you know, if you don't show up, you could get kicked off the team. You could be suspended. You're letting the team down. Like there's a lot of pressure on the team where like now if I don't show up, it's not hurting anybody but me. So it mm -hmm. kind of just that self um, self reliance of if if I don't do this, it's literally just hurting me. Which you know there is that like it's good and bad. Um, but you know ultimately, I think I'm in a spot right now where I, I know I can I still have a lot to give to the sport. So it's not like I'm really trying to grind through these workouts just to try to you know finish my career. So. Right now, it, it hasn't been that hard to kind of change that aspect. Right. It seems like there's a lot of money up for grabs these days for swimmers. You know, you've got your you've got your ISO money, you got your your FINA money for sure in, in different um, ways that you can get that. I, I'm sure, and, and I, I'm okay with you mentioning if you have sponsors, that's fantastic as well. But in terms of mapping out money, have you looked at the the season, and are you looking at places where you can be like, well, I can make 10 grand there. I could make 20 grand there. Uh, are you starting to look at it like that where you're mapping out a plan to make a living from swimming? Um, I, I did, uh, a little bit. Um, my plan was, you know, if I, if I don't go to short course worlds, I was going to try to go to the last two world cup spot stops. Um, but I haven't heard anything from USA swimming. So it's kind of like, it's a little bit hard to try to plan out, um, 
certain aspects when um, you're not ex you're not even sure what meets you're going to go to because um, obviously short course worlds would be a made like that would be the big meet this this summer or this uh, this winter sorry um, and I would put a lot of focus on that but if I wasn't going to go to that then I would try to make money at the World Cup stops but ultimately it just didn't work out um, you know that's just kind of the way it goes sometimes well, let's talk about that because it's a bit of a joke right now as far as i'm concerned you're, you're the world record holder in the 100 back and you can't go to the world championships to swim um so you know without without being controversial in a way it's just us having a conversation in terms of the the position you're in right um there has been kind of this selection policy it seems for the way that usa swimming selects their team for the world short course for a number of years now. And it doesn't seem like that has shifted with the times, you know, here you are uh, a professional athlete who stands to make a ton of money at a meet like the world short course. And you don't even qualify based on the qualification criteria. So what is it and where do you stand right now? Um, I, I mean, I tried to read the document and it never really specifies whether or not they use short course or long course, I, by now it's, it, I, I'm pretty sure or they're using long course times, which is frustrating. Um, because, you know, like a few years ago when there wasn't the ISL, um, you know, you can use long course meter times that makes sense. But now that there are so many people doing short course meters mm. and, uh, I mean, even short course yards could be, you know, you can't exclusively use that, but you can bring that into, you know, your selection process at least a little bit um i just think the way that they're selecting is kind of it's outdated like you said and um i don't know where i stand i have heard nothing from usa swimming granted i also haven't reached out um to ask where i am but yeah i haven't um even if and i think through the selection process even if i were to go i wouldn't go for the 100 back it would be for fly and potentially relays but yeah, even then, I, you know, haven't heard anything. So, yeah. <laughs> wow, that, I mean, it's it's stunning to me, first of all, that you haven't heard anything as as a, the world record hold. I mean, it just happened. It's not like it, it's not like you did it two years ago and you you think, well, I broke that. Like, you literally just broke the world record. How long ago was it now? About four weeks ago, maybe, or a little longer? Uh, I think it was like a little bit longer, yeah. It was the maybe end of six August. Weeks? Right. Okay. A couple, a couple of months ago, let's say you just you just broke the world record, and you haven't heard anything from USA Swimming. I mean, that to me, that's shocking. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's frustrating because, like I said earlier, like I would have loved to have gone. That would have been the main focus um, for me. There's like no bigger honor than representing your country. Um, thankfully, I, I have had the opportunity to do it once before, and I would love to do it again. But yeah, I mean, it's it's frustrating to to not really be high up there, even though, you know, like you said, I, I'm a world record holder in short course meters. I'm top 10 in the 50 back. I'm top 10 in the 100 fly. And I only swum that individually once um, all time. And yeah, it's just, you know, I think it's outdated the way that they selected. And um, hopefully it, it changes and, you know, maybe they'll they'll reach out and, you know, so if anyone's if anyone's at USA Swimming's listening, I'd love to go. But 
Well, I think I think there's that, and I think I think look honestly, from I'll give you some advice. I think you have every right to reach out and say, "Listen, I'm the world record holder now. Like, where where do I stand? How how can we change the policy in the future to to get people like me? Because you, you're right. Like, there are so many more um, chances for people to post times now. And and somebody, I got into an argument the other day with somebody on on Twitter, and they said, "Well, instead of complaining about, what do you suggest?" No, one of my suggestions was just. Two months out from the meet, take the top times in the world. If that, if you want to take the best team and the fastest team, you know we've got to- guys like Tom Shields, um, Beta Nielsen. She's on um, your team as well, mm-hmm. uh, and then yourself as examples, right? People that are posting the fastest times in the world, and and, and just take it based on that criteria. You know, a couple of months out, say, all right, who's posted times within the last you know twelve months? These are the fastest people. We're going to take them. But basing it off, off, and that's just a suggestion. There's other ways to do it. But mm-hmm. the reason why I'm bringing it up is because you stand to lose so much money. If you break the world record at the at the championship, that's $50,000 right off the bat, right? I mean, yeah, I actually haven't even looked at it. but I've looked I, at yeah. it for you. It's fifty grand if you break <laughs> the world record at the meet, man. That's, that's an income right there. That's a year's income, right? I mean, yeah. a good, solid year's income. I mean – Come on, like you're, you're fresh out of college. You're you're trying to be a professional athlete. You've got a you're starting a young family as well. You want to be in this sport for many years to come. Fifty grand can change your life, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's <laughs> I keep saying it's frustrating, but I mean, really, that that's all there is to it. And like like you mentioned, Tom and Beta. I mean, I, I've been following Tom in the World Cup stops, and he's been swimming lights out. Beta was killing it in ISL and. USA Swimming didn't even release the selection criteria until right before the fourth meet of um, of the ISL season or our fourth meet. Sorry, um, and it just kind of seems like like I know I know USA Swimming doesn't exactly put a large focus on short course worlds, which I don't exactly understand because we swim short course yards, so like it translates pretty well. But it's just. I don't understand why they don't want to send their best team. It's like they're they're just going with what they've always done and because that's, you know, worked out for the for them in the past, but you know, I think a, a lot of other countries are starting to focus on on other things that USA swimming could take notes from. Um yeah. yeah, I I agree with everything you said there, and and maybe there were some really good reasons why they had that selection policy in place, and maybe it made sense in the past. It just doesn't make sense anymore, based on the fact that you know you've got some of the best swimmers, world record holders, sitting on the bench who don't qualify based on their criteria, who stand to lose hundreds of thousands of dollars, and that that's where the argument comes in is that you guys are now. It feels like they're taking income away from you. They're they're withholding income from you you know, your potential income based on the fact that you could go out there, break a world record at the meet, get that money, get the money for winning the race, you know, do some other races, potentially come away with close to a hundred grand based off that one meet for a few days of racing. I mean, that that's life-changing for a swimmer, honestly. So I, I think that's where the argument comes in. Um, I think it needs to have a serious look at it. I'm going to keep um, complaining about it for you, man. I know that, <laughs> I know that the swimmer's, don't want to go out there and publicly, you know, complain for, for themselves. And and I kind of get that, but I think if people 
like me or and other people like me make enough noise, we can we can kind of force some change onto this thing. I just think it's too it's too valuable for for people like for people like you. Um, you know, so that that's where I stand on that thing. Um, in, in terms of your uh, well, short course swimming too is is it feels like there are specialists these days in it, and yeah, you're obviously. Um, really really good at underwater dolphin kicking and and it's something that has really improved for you over time i was looking at your stats here um just in doing some research in this and you know you were uh your first olympic trials in 2016 when you were a freshman uh, going into college you were, you were 135th in the in the 100 back and i think you were 78th in the 200 back and then and then this year at the trials you know you were um two finals, 100 fly and 100 free and 100 back. I think you were 10th. So you've made some drastic improvements in that area. But in terms of your underwater dolphin kicking, for you, it's something that you've really put a lot of time and energy into improving, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, lots of time and lots of energy. Uh, yeah, and it, it really it, it stems from Braden kind of like realizing um, when, when he was recruiting me, like, okay, this guy can kick really fast for one lap how do we change that to kicking really fast for four laps and a hundred eight laps and a 200 um and yeah there were lots of uh blood sweat and definitely tears going into all the all the underwaters but ultimately you know it it has put me in a position to to where i can succeed um on the national stage and international stage and you know, sometimes I was pretty, pretty upset with the type of workouts that Braden would write, but, you know, I trust him and he trusts me and, and, you know, it's gotten us to a point where, you know, we, we are at the top level of underwater kicking and now we're trying to translate that into swimming now. What does that mean exactly? Let's dig into it a little bit, if you don't mind. So obviously you've got some talent you've got some rhythm, you've got some flow and, and you've got a little speed, you know, you can maintain it for, you know, 10, 12 yards off, off, a, off a start or off a, off a, a breakout type thing. So you're talking about maintaining it lap after lap after lap. What are the things that you have to embrace and what's the, what's the torture that Braden's, you know, drilling into you to help you improve and maintain that over time? Uh, the torture actually isn't as bad anymore. Um, thankfully, uh, but every Thursday afternoon we would have underwater groups. Um, it was a group of six of us, um, that would come in and just work on underwaters for two hours. And it wasn't just like, okay, how many 25s underwater on 30 seconds can you do all out? It was more focused on like, we would put a cord in the middle of the pool and we would do like 200s, like free fly um just trying to like have good powerful kicks for the whole 200 not just like focusing on okay all out kicks for one like mm -hmm. just kick as fast as you can try to kick under um the whole time it was focused on trying to keep the eighth lap like underwater kicks just as fast as the first lap so like if you watch most of my races i don't really beat anybody on the first 15 it's like the second, third, fourth wall, that's where my kicks really start to, to kind of elevate to that next level. And even the back half of those, of each wall, 
And it's because of all that, like, it's not just that we focus on, on this, on the, you know, initial speed and power it's maintaining that speed and power throughout the whole, the whole race, the whole 15 or whatever. That's interesting. So you'd set the cord, like a stretch cord across the pool at like the 12 and a half meter mark. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And then on your front, you would kick this way. And then on your back, you'd kick this way. And then once you, once you hit a kick count or once you see the cord, you'd, you'd start to break out and then, and then get into your swim and then hit another turn under the cord and then break out kind of thing. So how many, how many kicks are you taking um, to get kind of that 12 and a half? Let's say you're doing a set of 200s like that. 200s, it would usually be about six to seven kicks. Right. Right. So you're doing that kind of like you're doing a set of repeat 200s where you're on your front, on your back, and just, just maintaining that speed and power and length and, and kind of just working it, flowing it, just constantly repeat, 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 right? Yeah. So yeah, pretty much we, w- we would do like rounds of, yeah, like a 200. And then, you know, at the end we would put on socks and, and then we would kind of do some all out stuff, but mm. it, and we never focused on like, however, we never really did short rest underwater work. Um, Cause a that's dangerous and B it kind of like your lungs will just kind of grow naturally almost like people, a lot of people ask me like, Oh, like how do you not like run out of air on the last like 15 on the last wall of a hundred back. And the air is never the problem for me just because I've worked so hard for so long. And it's not like I just do a lot of short, short rest underwater work. Like it's just naturally something that is built up it's something that comes along with it. Um, yeah. Off the last wall, the first thing that goes is my legs, like my quads mm. and my kick mm. rate, not my lungs. So um, yeah, Tom actually had a really good story about the the shallow water blackout and how, you know, how he trains specifically for it. And, you know, I think it's very important to kind of get that message out of doing like 75s and hundreds, no air. That's not how you do it. Like that's not how, the top swimmers get that lung capacity. That's just dangerous. And quite frankly, like lazy coaching Um, Mm. and yeah, dangerous. So kind Mm. of building it up the smart way is, is how to do it. Yeah. It's it's very similar to what Tom said, actually doing kind of short bursts of like, you know, six, six, seven seconds, you know, by the time you get under that cord, we're talking five, six seconds. So you're really only holding your breath for a short amount of time, but then, because your heart rate is pumping because you're doing 200s repeat, it's like hold your breath five seconds up and go. Hold your breath five seconds up and go. You're not holding it for extensive periods of like 25, get five seconds rest, 25, get five seconds rest, 20. You know, so that's where that oxygen debt comes in and people make really big mistakes by just holding their breath too long. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. That's interesting. Uh, well, I appreciate you sharing that because it's such an important topic as well. And people are always trying to figure out how to improve their underwater kicks. And I think if you put what Tom said and now what you've said together, they match up perfectly. And, and these are two of the best underwater dolphin kickers in the world. So what about this then? How how do you then go from where you're at? You know, like you said, you're not not necessarily beating anyone to the 15, but, uh, 
you, you do want to get better. Like Caleb Dressel, for instance, is is doing something that no other freestyler, at least in the world, and even even seems to be in the hundred butterfly. Like it seems like he's doing something well. So how do you make improvements? Is my question, my long winded question. How you know where you're at right now? How do you get better than where you're at? Um. Well, obviously, I, I just yeah. I think the biggest thing for me is to just put on weight. Um upper body wise, like I don't really want to put that much weight on my legs. Um, just because I have that endurance, um, where I can keep my kicks going. And I think if I put on like a lot of muscle on my legs, it might, you know, end up like, yeah, it could help me that first 15, but then it could, um, hurt me a little bit on the last 15. So I think I just want to put more weight on. Cause you know, when I, when I do a start against Justin, like a flat start, Justin rest, um, he has about 40, 45 pounds on me mm. and our reaction times are almost the same and he's a little bit more explosive, but he's carrying so much more weight into the water where that's where he can beat me to 15. Cause I mean, my, my kicks are, are better than his, but he can just beat me because he has more momentum and more weight going into the water. Right. If that makes sense. Right. Right. Yeah. That does make sense. Interesting. So you're, you're, you're trying to get stronger in the gym, particularly. Yeah, yeah. Could you? I gotta let my dog out. He is whining, and he is. It's all worse. good, man. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, let the dog out. I <laughs> love it. Give me a time for a little coffee break here. Yeah. Sorry. I don't... <laughs> it's all good, man. I don't know if you could hear him, but I could hear him nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> I love those little breaks. It's good. Uh, the the viewers, sometimes I leave them in, sometimes I cut them out, but that was a fun one. So I might just leave that one in. <laughs> um, tell me this then. So uh, is 47 in in the plan for this season? 100 back? Uh, and I've, I've had a, a couple of people ask me that. I mean, obviously, yeah, like I, that's what I want to go, but 48 was never in the plan for this season. <laughs> like, like I said, like we went into the regular season just being like, let's just go, let's just be in good shape. So best times, you know, <laughs> world record was never, ever in the cards. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just kind of want to go back into into racing and just having fun while racing because that's when I swim my fastest. Um, so a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of credit goes to the Cali teammates for – keeping me loose, keeping me laughing behind the blocks and warmups and everything. Cause that's when I swim my fastest. So yeah, just stay loose and just try to like move forward and, and see what happens next. That's awesome. And speaking of the Cali team, I mean, it's, it's seems to be the, the number one team, the defending champions, but also the team to beat this year. What's it like being part of that team? Uh, it's, it's really cool. Um, you know, we, we all get along super, super well. Um, you know, even with the last year, my, yeah, last year we were, you know, mainly American, but we had the draft and, you know, the, it just didn't hurt any of our team camaraderie. Um, and I think that kind of just goes to show like the coaching or the, the, the staff um, that Jason has put together and the team that Jason has put together is, really focused on not just like fast swimming, but also, you know, what are you willing to do for the team? Um, 
you know, when, when Caleb had to, had to step out cause he was sick, we lost another one of our sprinters that day. And, um, we lost a breaststroke or two, like we were down a lot of people, but you know, all of us were just like, all right, you know, we had people volunteering to swim races that they had no business racing, but that just kind of shows the kind of team that we are, you know, we're willing to like put, put others on our back and, and move forward just, you know, for the sake of the team, because we all just want to win in the end. Right. Uh, I mean, there's, there's ways to get people to watch swimming. One of them is, is to swim fast and have, have fun and be part of a great team and be part of a great competition. But there's also kind of a little bit of what happened last year with you and Ryan Murphy, you know, and I've talked to Ryan about this as well. It, you know, for it's fun for us because it kind of pulls us into something, you know, like, and, and so I don't, I'm not asking you to kind of, kind of comment on that necessarily, but like, how do we, how do you, do you feel a responsibility to to pull more eyes into swimming? How how do we do it? Like I want I want you guys to be famous. I want you guys to be making tons of money. I want swimming to be on TV. So whenever I am um you know critical of it, it's it's in a way that I want it to to last. I want it to thrive. And and mm -hmm. so do you feel a responsibility to be part of that as well or is it just for you about the fast swimming? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, we all do feel that responsibility. Um, and I think the league kind of wants us, the league has told us, you know, a bunch of times, like, yeah, please like promote it on social media. Um, you know, the more, the more you guys focus on it or like promote it is just more eyes on the sport. So right. yeah, you know, I think we absolutely do feel that, uh, responsibility. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that beef thing. You know, it is what it, it is, what it is, you know, Ryan and I have gotten, you know, we've talked about it a lot. We're, we're friends now, you know, no hard feelings, you know, I could have handled it a lot better. Um, that's for sure. But, you know, ultimately it, it was, it brought eyes to the sport. Um, you know, and I thought about just texting him and just being like, Hey, we should just like do this every year, you know, <laughs> get more eyes on the sport. So, but <laughs> ended up not asking him that, but you know, who knows, maybe, maybe in the future, you know, I'll just, just start, just start trash talking someone like Justin or, or Ryan held one of my old teammates, you know, see, <laughs> see, get some hype around that. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing wrong with a little hype, but the little, the little gentleman's agreement, I think is a good thing too. Don't let anyone know about it, you know, but, uh, but there, do, there does need to be some friendly rivalry amongst the teams as well, I think, you know, and, and I think it's it's getting there a little bit. I mean, you can see a little bit of tension between, you know, your team and Energy Standard and maybe the LA current. You know, there's definitely enough personalities amongst each team that, you know, people want to win and people want their team to be the best. So it does seem to be coming out. And and maybe we'll get more of that in the, in the semifinals. When, when are you headed to that event, the semifinal? Yeah, we leave uh, November 7th, so just about three weeks. Right, okay, all right. Well, listen, man, I, I highly recommend that you guys um, be as competitive as you can, you know, and, and show that side of you. I, I like I like seeing that side of, of people, the competitive side. You know, like I know for a fact Chad LeClos is one of the most competitive people on this earth. He doesn't like to lose. So seeing that from time to time is okay. And I, and I think your competitors will respect that even more too. I mean, again, it's just me personally, but when we pretend that we're all friends all the time and everybody's happy, it's like, 
that's that's cool but it's like i want to see the competitive side of coleman stewart too and i love that aspect of you when you brought it out for me i was like yes that that's that's true like you are a super competitor and i love it I don't know. There wasn't really a question. There it was just a, a comment. You know, it's just it's just me admiring your competitiveness. I like it. Yeah. No, I, I would tend to agree that you know I think we could definitely bring out more competitiveness. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, like we do have to keep racing against each other, and we don't want to have hard feelings. But you know, I think when it comes around naturally is when it it really you know that's when it's at its best. So yeah, yeah, yeah. true, true. Keep working on that for the semifinals, and it's going to be exciting. Um, mm. Do you know if uh, are, are you guys going to be at full strength for the semifinal in terms of your team? Uh, yeah, from from what I've heard, yeah, I think everybody is is all in for it. Yeah, awesome. Um, what what about you in terms of who do you think it's going to come down to in the end? Uh, what teams look the strongest to, to compete against your team? Oh. Uh, well, I think obviously energy standard is going to be up there. Uh, London beat us regular season. So, you know, we want to hash it out with them again. Um, then yeah, uh, fourth place team, you know, I think it's going to be pretty close between Toronto and LA. I think Toronto did a really good job in the draft to kind of build up their team. Um, but then LA has, you know, all their superstars. So it just kind of depends on who's on, um, throughout the semifinal matches and yeah, but yeah, I think it's definitely, I think the top three teams are definitely going to be us LA or sorry, us energy and London. Right. Yeah. That'll, that'll be good to come down. And what's, what's the total prize money for the team? Do you know? I can't remember. Yeah. I can't, I can't remember what it is this year. So something, something like uh, maybe quarter of a million dollars for the team or something like that i don't know it's it seems to be a lot so that's, that's good um i want to go back to something a couple of things actually uh i'm interested in this hundred free from the olympic trials that to me kind of came out of nowhere in, in a way uh, i don't know about for you but um you know to swim 48.5 is is legit i mean that's a real freestyle time it's getting down there to the point where you could contend for the u.s um for years to come if you just drop another half a second or so you know you'll be on every relay that um is put up so is that something that is in your future plans yeah um that race was really funny just because uh you know uh, when me and Braden were planning out our our trials races you know it was always like all right yeah we're gonna swim 100 back probably gonna make it to finals um then 100 free just to keep us racing um, and then, you know, really focus on the hundred fly hundred fly was the main focus for that meet. Mm. Um, and then when I didn't make finals in the hundred back, I was like, all right, get a day off. Um, and I went up to Braden after like the semifinal of the hundred back, he was like, all right, you got like three days off and then hundred fly. I was like, Braden, you know, I'm doing the hundred free. Right. He's like, oh, I forgot. <laughs> so he like, and we had, I had not done any hundred freestyle training. Like the only freestyle training I do, or I did was just we had one like threshold aerobic freestyle workout a week. Um, but yeah, I mean, I kind of figured I could go out, you know, I wanted to just be like a 48 high, you know, drop a little bit of time because my best time was like a 49 one, I think from a few years ago. Mm. But, um, but yeah, no 48, I think I went 48 four in the morning and I was, I was shocked, man. I, <laughs> 
I went up to Braden and he looked at me. We actually thought I got DQ'd because my uh, my breakout was really close off the start. And he didn't like didn't want to jinx anything. But he was like, dude, where the hell did that just come from? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, so, yeah, that was that was something that was kind of surprising. But since then, yeah, we've kind of shifted our training to, to focus more on that on that 100 freestyle. I was going to say that. I just asked you the question, is 47 in the cards for your 100 backstroke short course meters? But i got to say, 47 has got to be in the cards for your 100 free long course now, right? You're that's right the there, plan, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's where the money's at. Um, and, and that's a relay you'd love to be part of too, especially mm-hmm. in Paris. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a killer relay um, to be part of that one. Uh, but you've had some experience. I was looking back at some of your NCAA experience. You are on the 400 free relay that broke – the NCA record. I think I think it was the Auburn NCA record. I don't know. Maybe Cal got it, but it was it was fast. Anyway, you guys went two forty four. That's that's blazing fast, man. You guys must have had some killer team back then. Yeah, that was yeah two thousand eighteen. It was uh, we broke the American record at ACCs, and that that race, not the one at NCAA's, the one at ACCs, was my favorite race in college. Um, <laughs> Yeah, because I was on the I was the only one who was shaved on that relay. Um it was me, Justin, Jacob, and Ryan Held. Mm-hmm. And I was anchoring, I was like a you know, a scrawny little sophomore backstroker who was just swimming hot. So Braden was like, All right, let's throw him on the end of this relay, see what he can do. Um and then yeah, we broke the American record and we're really close to the US Open and the NCAA record with three un unrested unshaved guys so i get chills talking about it still just because like i was just so mind blown to be on that relay um like that was my first big time swim um and then yeah and ncaa is when we went even faster we broke the record actually in the morning with um one of my roommates who filled in for me because i had to do the 200 back that day that morning um they broke that in the morning and then we were like, all right, like we got to go even faster at night. And then we did. So yeah, that whole experience was just really, really cool. Um, kind of my first, yeah, like I said, first big time swims. Um, yeah, was just really fortunate that I was swimming hot and Braden decided to put me on it. <laughs> awesome, man. I'm going to ask you a, a kind of a deep question here. So as I'm, as I'm asking this question, I want you to really think, okay? okay. Every coach wants an athlete like you. I mean, it, it, just as I'm listening to your talk, I'm I'm just thinking about your progressions. And I had done a little bit of research. So I was looking at, you know, what you came in on at, at NC State and where, where you are now. I mean, from, from where you were five years ago to now you're a world record holder. I mean, it's kind of every coach's dream. It's every athlete's dream. So um, there's there's certainly talent there. You You have talent. So let's put that aside because I think I think a lot of swimmers have talent. But what is it about you? If you were to... Um, talk to a, a young freshman right now at NC State and say, look, these are the things that I did to get me from point A to point B, to be one of the best swimmers in the world. I started off here and now I'm here. What are the things you got to you give yourself credit for, for, for doing really well, for learning through experiences and, and, and helping your progressions? Talk to me about you for a second. So I would say there's two big things um, that I've kind of done well. Um, and the second one I had to learn a lot. Uh, but the first one was just trust, trust the coaches, 
trust the people around you. Um, like the a collegiate coaching staff, really any any coach, club, high school, whatever, they they're not doing anything to hurt you. They're doing, you know, they're giving you these hard sets because they want to see you, you know, swim better. Like they want to see you swim faster. They want to see you grow as a person. And that's something that I did with Braden from day one is just immediate. Like we just trusted each other. Um, and it's scary to go into a new, a totally new program. You know, I did not train high intensity very much when I was in club on either of my club teams. And it's it, a lot of the freshmen that come through kind of have difficulty with focus or with like understanding, like all out means all out, not mm. really hard. It means all out. And the way the, the workouts are written, you can't go just hard and expect to do instead of all out and expect to go best times at the end of the year. Cause with high intensity training, you just can't do that. Um, so just like trusting your coaching and yeah, Braden and I have talked about it a lot that that's kind of, that's where from day one, you know, I, I, I was a little bit different, um, from a lot of people. Um, and it's not just like me trusting with like Braden, it's me trusting the, uh, you know, the athletic trainers, whenever I got injured, you know, knowing that. They're going to, you know, if they tell me not to, not to swim, like Braden and I are like, all right, we can't swim tonight. You're just going to hurt yourself more. You know, um, the weights, the weight staff, um, have been a huge part of my progression. Um, so trusting them, them trusting Braden, like understanding that everybody is working together. It's not like anybody is working to hurt you. Um, so that's, you know, the long answer for the first part. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the second one is just have fun. <laughs> um, like I said, I am someone who just, I'm a very relaxed person. I don't really get uptight about most things. Um, and you know, I, I went through my junior year. Um, so I won the hundred back at NCAA as my sophomore year. And then that next year I was just so focused on like, okay, I need to win. It was just so focused on the end of the year and not at all focused on like, okay, what am I going to do in practice to, to, you know, have fun to try to make this sport something that I want to do in the future. It was just like, okay, I need to do this because everyone expects me to Um, not because I want to do it to have fun. And I was not a very good teammate that year. And I was like, I was in my head all the time. Like, I, Braden probably did not like me coaching me that year. Um, thankfully he stuck with me, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, just having fun and understanding that, you know, at the end of the day, you're doing this sport because, you know, you have a teammate, you have team, uh, a whole team behind you and, you know, they're going to have your back no matter what. Um, and yeah, my, so my senior year, you know, once I, you know, after junior year NCAAs, you know, I, I had to really reevaluate a lot of things. Um, and then senior year, this sounds super corny, but I like went into every workout with pretty much just, I need to, I need to smile at some point today, even if I'm having the worst workout of my life, which I did. I think there was one time where Catherine Burkhoff was beating me in 
fifties, all out backstroke short course. Um, <laughs> and I was still laughing at that workout just because, I mean, Braden was making fun of me. Catherine was making fun of me. Like it was just, it was just, you know, even though I was swimming so slow, it was just fun because I was swimming so slow. I mean, I was going to ask you that yeah. actually, like, you yeah. know, how do you have fun during the suck? And and that's what you said. Just remember to smile. Even when things are tough, just putting a smile on your face can change the way you feel. Like you, the, the neurological patterns in your brain are just changed by the, by smiling, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I like that. It's really good advice though. You know, embracing completely. And, and as you were talking, you reminded me of an athlete that I had the fortune of kind of watching grow and 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 continue to watch grow in another program zach apple he's very similar to you in terms of where he came in and his approach his um yeah he just just said yes to everybody you know uh it doesn't mean you don't question things like oh why are we doing this today okay that makes sense great bam and giving it a hundred percent based on the fact that you trust that the coaches have your best interests and um yeah it's 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 rare i mean it seems simple but it's actually rare no, not many kids come into college and fully trust the whole program from from the the head coach down like you said um so i think it's really important advice it's great advice i appreciate you you sharing that with us in terms of nc state there was a period of time of us braiding this too but there was a period of time where it seemed like it was inevitable that they were going to win a national championship i mean the the run that they were making to, towards that was like oh that no one's going to be able to stop them and then and it did seem to kind of hit a brick wall i think what what's the highest their place is it third or fourth, fourth? okay we were fourth for was it four or five years in a row i think it was four so what is it from your point of view then like how it seems easy to win a national championship until you get to that point and then you're like oh this is this is harder than it seems so where is the sticking point you think I think, I think a lot of high schoolers put too much thought into the name brand. Um, like, you know, Cal in Texas, Florida, Michigan, they have those big time names. Everyone around the country knows them. Um, and NC State, you know, we kind of have that blue collar aspect where, you know, we don't have the fanciest facilities, um, at least in the, like our pool is not super fancy, but the end of the day water is water you know we have a lot more lane space than a lot of other teams um we have two pools that are exclusively ours during training so you know and i think a lot of um high school recruits kind of look at you know texas's pool and they're just like wow this is a really nice pool um and they kind of get distracted by that um so I think that is probably the biggest thing, even though, like I said, water is water and, you know, we train in not a flashy facility, which just makes those big time meets feel even better. Like when we go to Greensboro for ACCs or Atlanta, wherever it is, like those two or those pools are, you know, visually a lot nicer than ours. So it's kind of like, okay, now it's game time. Now we like, it kind of like helps you switch that mi your mindset into that. But yeah, I think the biggest thing is probably just the, you know, they think our facilities are not as nice. So you think it's just a numbers game? You think NC State got to a point where it's like they just ran out of numbers? You know, like Cal had the 
the recruits on them and, and Texas had the recruits on them and you guys just ran out of talent. Is that what you're saying? Uh, I wouldn't say we ran out of talent. I mean, this income, this year's freshman class is really fast. And I think I tweeted it out at one point that, you know, I think within the next four or five years, NC state is going to win a national championship, a team national championship. Oh, really? Uh, You think so? Oh yeah. Uh, Yeah. I'll stand by that. I think, I think with the way that Braden improves, like, we had, we had really good recruits last year too and the year before but the i think the biggest thing is the way that Braden trains um and the rest of the staff um i've seen it more firsthand with Braden because i've trained with him for 5 years now but um you know they always get better their freshman year but then sophomore year is when they pop mm-hmm. like pretty sure Ryan Held did it Justin Rest did it i did it like it was mm-hmm. It was that first year is like, yes, it, there's improvement, but then that second year is when it starts to go up really high. So, um, and that's kind of where that trust in the process comes from. You know, these other schools, you know, they'll get you faster freshman year, but then a lot of the time after that, like we just stay flat, mm-hmm. um, at least from what I've seen. But right. yeah. Awesome. I appreciate the answer. What about back to this then? Worth what? two and a half years away from selection for Paris now. I mean, you've made massive leaps in your long course swimming and, and you're kind of right there. What do you have to do to get yourself onto that team, you think? Um, I, I think I mentioned earlier, I just need to get better at swimming, <laughs> which is funny. But yeah, I just need to get better at, um, you know, pulling more water. Um, I think one of the big things that Braden and I are, are going to focus on is uh, being able to finish a race um, in the hundred fly and hundred free. Like I was pretty close. Uh, like I was pretty, pretty high up there at the 75, but then that's kind of where that short course expertise kind of like hurt a little bit where, hmm. you know, I don't have that last wall to go to, um, to kind of bail me out. But yeah, I think our biggest thing is is focusing on the last, uh, you know, the last quarter of the race. Does that mean more long course swimming? How much long course swimming do you get in before a trials like like the Olympic trials? Uh, the pro team gets in a decent amount. Like we we swim probably three times a week long course in the morning, um, uh, like pretty much through NCAA's, and then after that we're pretty much long course every single day Mm. right so it's not it's not just a matter of more long course then but Mm -hmm. it's just just a matter of um well i'll I'll give you my advice for for me because i I was a decent short course yard swimmer in college as well and and it took me a couple of tries to figure out the whole long course thing and then once i figured it out um i made every australian team for the next six years And, and this was my secret i'll give it to you is I, I shifted, and it's going to be difficult for you because you're making good money short course right now, but my my shift was the only thing that matters to me is long course swimming. Like I, I don't care about short course swimming. And that's going to be difficult for you because you're going to make bank off short course. So, But in order for me to shift my mentality and, and even just the way I finished races, because I had trouble finishing races too. And I, I went, I shifted my mentality. I said, I'm a long course swimmer. And, and it was, I was very comfortable being a short course swimmer. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed those walls popping off the walls. 
but um but i had to make that shift mentally and it took me about nine months of really solid long course training and, and racing to to fully embrace it then to to be accepting of i'm a long course swimmer mm-hmm. and, and i gotta tell you once i made that shift and and i came to terms with it and i was comfortable with it i felt indestructible long course i didn't feel like anybody in australia could beat me i had some international competition but that, that was kind of my mental 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 shift and and i think something like that is going to have have to happen for you to make this paris team because i i do think it's kind of kind of like what you said when you come into college you've got to embrace embrace it fully mm-hmm. um that mentality long course is kind of the same shift that you're going to have to make as well unfortunately <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> But you're there. I mean, you're you're half a second away from from making these teams. You know, mm-hmm. I, I would imagine. I mean, you swim forty seven. Anything you're going to be on the relay team. I would I would think. I mean, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean that that's the way I see it as well. But um, well, listen, man, I've I've enjoyed this getting to know you and just chatting with you. I appreciate your time. Um, got some really exciting swimming coming up. Some racing coming up. Mm-hmm. unfortunately it's short course meters but um <laughs> you got some you got some money to make man go make that yeah. cash but uh i hope usa swimming does listen to this and i hope they take into consideration uh for for your chances even even this season i hope they they do bring you on but um oh where's this something popped up there sorry i had to turn that off the screen but uh, oh, you're good. no problem uh but thanks again man uh anything you want to leave us with None that I can think of. <laughs> Just thanks for having me on. And yeah. yeah, this was, it was really nice getting to get to getting to know you and, you know, hopefully someday I'll see you on deck and say hi in person. Yeah. I'd love to be around and watch you race in person, but um, good luck with everything, man. Okay. Um, I'll be cheering for you from, from the TV screen. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate right. it. Take care. Calm. Are you in need of a pace clock looking to finally upgrade those ancient analog clocks? The swim nerd pace clock is the most innovative digital pace clock. Go to swimpractice.com to check it out.